Bundling home and car insurance with GEICO is so easy, your neighbors are probably already doing it. But who? They may drop little hints like... Beautiful day out. Even more beautiful since we saved by bundling our home and car insurance with GEICO. Or... Yard work is hard. Much harder than bundling with GEICO, which was easy. Or it may be even subtler, like... Speaking of burgers, we bundled our home and car insurance with GEICO and saved a bunch of money. Bundling is easy with GEICO. Just ask your neighbors. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. At that time, Jesus came to Jericho and intended to pass through the town. Now a man there named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector and also a wealthy man, was seeking to see who Jesus was. But he could not see him because of the crowd, for he was short of stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree in order to see Jesus, who was about to pass that way. When he reached the place, Jesus looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down, for today I must stay at your house. He came down quickly and received Jesus with joy. When they all saw this, they began to grumble, saying, He has gone to stay at the house of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood his ground and said to the Lord, Behold, half of my possessions, Lord, I give to the poor. And if I have extorted anything from anyone, I shall repay it four times over. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a descendant of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save what was lost. The Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. In order to really fulfill the scriptures today, a little bit of history about Book of Wisdom, and then we'll talk about little Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a little guy. I don't know how small, but he was little. He couldn't see Jesus over the crowd. We'll talk about that. Okay, Book of Wisdom, it sets the stage for Jesus meeting this sinner. Why was Zacchaeus a sinner? He was a tax collector, which meant he worked for the Romans against the Israelites, against the Jews. And number two, he was an idolater. He held and used the coins of the realm on which the Caesar's picture was there. And that's idolatry for the Jews. No images of God or saints or sinners or anybody. No images. And we infer through the scriptures that because he had this tax power, he could extort a little more from this customer and that customer. You know, if he was in the mood, maybe he needed more pocket change. Who knows? Uh, when a thief is a thief is a thief, you know what I mean? So people didn't like him, but he had power and he was small. We'll talk about him. Now, the first book, the first reading we have is written by the Book of Wisdom literature. Book of Wisdom, Ben Sirach is the author. 
about 150 years before Jesus. The Jews, through a diaspora, which means they left the Holy Land, were living in Hellenistic territory, Greek territory. And as we all know, they were influenced, probably the young, the youthful people first, were influenced by the environment. Some were interested in a new kind of religion. Some were interested, maybe our day we call it new wave religion. Some were interested in, in other gods and goddesses because they were in Greek territory. And, you know, it's sort of easy to worship a god who's whose only characteristic is she's the god of, or he's the god of water. So you praise water and that's, that's the god and you're washing water. And that, that kind of stuff was, was Greco, Greco-Roman, actually. But now these are Jews who are monotheists. They only believe in God, Yahweh, who has no name, he who is. And because they left the Holy Land and they went into Hellenistic territory, they started absorbing the culture of the day. Now we see that today in our own, with our own society. How many of now this church is filled today, but, but there should be standing room only. For what we do here, there should be standing room only. We're meeting Jesus Christ. But people, even Catholics, somehow get influenced by society and the gossip and, and the popularity of a different religion or this or that. And they go pray on a beach. I, I pray on the beach too, but that's not the only prayer. And so they go pray to a mountain. Well, yeah, oh, nice, God created the mountain, but that's not the only prayer. It starts here at the Eucharist. So the wisdom literature author is putting all that in perspective. And he says to his people, hey, you know what? You could worship anybody you want to worship, but the whole universe is as a grain of sand or a drop of dew upon the earth from the perspective of our God, the Creator. So he puts it in perspective. You may go worship Tom, Dick, and Harry. You may go worship the sun, the sky, the cloud. It doesn't matter. Our Creator is the Creator. Our God is the God. No others. And let's put it in perspective. You've seen a lot of bad things in your lifetime. And you're probably saying, I don't want to worship my God anymore because he allows these things to happen. He allows little children to die. He allows mothers to, to come down with major illnesses. He allows wars. See, I don't want to worship that kind of God because that, that, that God doesn't care for us. Now, this is 200 years before Christ. And the author says, nothing he created does he loathe. Even those who sin, he loves and wants them to return to him. He preserves everything because our God is a lover of souls. We screw up. We make war. We hate. We take advantage. We steal. People, not God. If we made those choices and said, well, well, you know, there's, there's fires, fires going on in California. Well, why does God allow that? Think of the idiot who started the fire, even if it was an accident. Think of the lack of concern we have for our environment, throwing garbage into the ocean. God didn't create a dirty ocean. He didn't create forest fires. He created us 
so we could work with all of creation. And the Book of Wisdom is telling us that. Everything he made is for you and for me, the author is telling his audience. So you go off and you worship a false god or a false idea, that's your problem. But that's not God. Even the sinners, he calls to abandon their wickedness and believe in him. Okay, so we do that before Mass. We said the beautiful Kyrie before Mass. When we get on our knees and pray to God, that's what we should do first. I'm sorry, Lord, for what I've done. Whatever it is. That's how we are accepted by God. We abandon our wickedness and we go to God. And the letter of Paul today, it's theoretically Paul's letter. It may not be, but we don't know. It's held as one of his possible letters and he talks about the necessity of us increasing the grace of God within us in Jesus Christ. Now let's go to Zacchaeus. Little Zacchaeus is a real problem. The churchgoers, oh, the templegoers, they're all following Jesus. They want, to, they want him to do a miracle. They want this. They want that. They, some believe, some doubt, some are skeptics, some, some follow him wholeheartedly. So are they hearing everything Jesus has to say? And you and I both know, all know, that one of the key Jesus comments is forgive and love. Okay, put that aside. So Jesus is going through Jericho. Now that's where my own thing comes in. This vestment is from I was on the Holy Land pilgrimage last month, as many of you know, and this was a gift from the group and the pilgrims, and it comes from Bethlehem. And having visited the Holy Land, this is like a, a commercial, but I'm not, not, not jumping up business, but you've got to know this. Having visited the Holy Land, first time, you know, I'm ordained a long time, first time, was one of the most outstanding experiences of my life. I cannot read any piece of scripture again since I was there without being back in location. The locations of Jesus, where Jesus walked, his miracles, whether it was Cana, multiplication of the, of the bread, the Beatitudes, we were there. And many of these places, the pilgrims and I prayed and offered mass. So having gone to the pilgrimage to the Holy Land, and reading today's scripture especially, we hear Jericho. Well, we went to Jericho right after we visited the Jordan River. And in the Jordan River, I got to tell you this, it has nothing to do with the gospel, it's good stuff though. In the Jordan River, you're able to go in, stand there, whatever, and Catholics don't get baptized again. We, get, we can renew our promises as we do at the Easter Vigil every year. So our pilgrimage group came one by one, and I was standing in the Jordan River where Jesus was baptized. I mean, think of that. I mean, where John the Baptist stood and baptized Jesus, I was there. And all the pilgrims who went were there, not just only me. But the experience of that water, I, it will never be different. It will never be the same for me. Each person got baptized. We knew their baptismal promises. We said a prayer, got back on the bus, we, we toured. And few days before that, we were shopping. <laughs> I like to shop. And I picked out a, a jar of seeds at one store, the little seeds, but it was written in Hebrew. So I said to the guide, Sam, what, what is this? 
Oh, Father, he says, they're mustard seeds. You know the story about the mustard seed. Yes. Interesting. I never saw a mustard seed or what a mustard seed produced. Oh, wait, Father. We're going to go tomorrow on our journey. After the Jordan, we're going to go through Jericho. And you're going to see the results of a mustard seed, the Zacchaeus tree, the sycamore tree. That is huge. Okay, it's nice, you know. When you hear it, it's nice, but when you're there, it's awesome. So we got on the bus, next trip, stopped. he stops the bus in front of the Zacchaeus tree. It may be the authentic tree from 2,000 years ago or branches of it because there are sections preserved. So he stops the bus and says, Father Lou, he says, remember what you were asking about Zacchaeus tree yesterday? This is it. It was huge, huge. There was a fence around it because people placed their prayers for Jesus, to Jesus there. That's where Zacchaeus meets Jesus. So we get on our bus and we go. Zacchaeus, scoundrel, scum of the earth, tax collector, extortioner, wants to meet Jesus. There's nobody that sinful in this church right now. He wants to meet Jesus and he's a short guy. So what does he do? He climbs up the tree to see Jesus. And he's looking down, and you can just see the, the, the religious people, those who go to church, those who, who keep the rules. Ah, look at that, that sinful one up there. Look at that, that hypocrite up there. Jesus goes up to the tree and says, Zacchaeus, one of the number one things you can do in Semitic culture is offer hospitality for someone or say to someone, I'd like to visit you. Everything comes out. The best food, the best, the best oils, the best wine, your feet get washed. You, you get complete hospitality. Jesus is asking to receive the hospitality of this no-good sinner. And everybody grumbles. Oh, he's going to the house of a sinner. I can just see Jesus turn around. He wouldn't say this, but I could just see Jesus. If he was from Jersey City, he would say, why don't you all go to hell and mind your business? <laughs> But, but Jesus wasn't from Jersey City, so he didn't say that. But you know, he's saying that in his heart. So they're, they're mocking Jesus. He brings Zacchaeus down. And what does Zacchaeus do? Now go back to the book of wisdom, because don't forget, Jesus is the wisdom of the Father. Jesus reveals from the Old Testament everything that needed to be revealed and told to us. Jesus says to Zacchaeus, something that transforms him. And from the Old Testament we have, when we are reconciled with God, we are at peace. When sinners return to the Father, we are reminded that God is the lover of souls. So, Jesus meets Zacchaeus, and he says, I want to stay in your home tonight. I want to break bread with you. And what does Zacchaeus do? Confession. Confession. Acknowledgement of his sins. If I've stolen, I'll return four times. If I've done anything wrong, I give to the poor. He's acknowledging his sinfulness before God. Imagine receiving the blessing of reconciliation from Jesus Christ himself. Now that happens to us every time we go to confession. You know that. He stays in his home and says, salvation comes to this house today. Go back to the book of wisdom, because God is a lover of souls. 
If you're a scoundrel or if you're a saint, he loves you. If you're a great sinner or a great forgiver, he loves each one of us. The Zacchaeus tree is only a metaphor for the outreach that Jesus Christ has for us. He reaches to every one of us. You back there in the last row, you back there in the last row, he, all, all of us gathered around, the people on the beach, the people walking the parks, he's reaching out to all of us. And who is it that has to bring Jesus to them? You and me. Or else join the grumblers who criticize the guy who's laying in the street, who criticize the poor who lining up for food stamps, who criticize this one or that one because we're so perfect. Jesus is a lover of souls. He's a lover of every one of us. And he wants us to know that love. He wants us to be able to pray. And, and when we come together and we say the Lord's Prayer, we're uniting ourselves with his Father, the Creator. We have a choice. We can be a lover of souls ourselves, or we can be grumblers. If you've got an insurance question, you could talk to a dentist, but instead of filling you in on ways to save on your policies, he'd probably be too busy filling in that loose crown. Or you could talk to your local Geico agent who will use their expertise to polish up your policies from home and auto to renters, motorcycle, boat, and RV too. So while yes, your dentist can save your smile, your Geico agent could save you money, which will make you use that smile a whole lot more. To find a Geico agent near you, visit geico.com local. Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too, and with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus, made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV.